Whenever a spider can, spins a web any size, catches seeds just like flies. Look out, here comes the Spider-Man. Hey, everybody. Welcome to our first episode of the Amazing Spider-Man webcast. Uh, I'm Pete. I'm going to be your host. We're going to take an adventure together. Uh, starting way back when, in the 1960s, all the way through the present day-ish, um, we are going to go through every issue of The Amazing Spider-Man. Now, of course, those of you who are Spider-Fans probably are saying, Pete, Spider-Man debuted in Amazing Fantasy 15, not uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one, to which I say, true, you dork. And uh, of course, we're going to start with Amazing Fantasy 15, as opposed to just going straight to whatever. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to start with Fantasy 15, and uh, we'll just keep on chugging. And that's all, that's all the explanation I want to do. Every podcast I've heard is like, the first episode is just, oh, here's what, what should we do? What should we talk about? How's it going to go? I think the premise here is pretty straightforward, right? The only other thing I want to say about it is I don't think you have to be a Spider-Man fan at all to enjoy this. Um, and there might be some things I get wrong. I'll do, I'll do some corrections if I get something horribly wrong. But, uh, you know, you can feel free to correct me on Twitter at thwipcast. And if you're the kind of person who uh, knows how to spell Thwipcast, then you'll probably be somebody who can correct me. That would be a great place to send your dumb corrections, which I'm sure I'll be really mad about. All right, so without further ado, Spider-Man, Amazing Fantasy 15. So here's a little background, right? Amazing Fantasy was a series... Uh, that came out of another series called Amazing Adult Fantasy. Now, Amazing Adult Fantasy is not probably what you would get if today you put into Google Amazing Adult Fantasy, because then it would be like, oh, 800 women, um, and they have 800 boobs each. It's nothing like that. It's just, you know, wow, this is crazy. There's like a golem or something like that. And also, Amazing Adult Fantasy had this hilarious slogan, which was, the magazine that respects your intelligence. <laughs> I mean, I yeah, this is like a battle that comics have had for a long time. I think we're kind of getting there. You know, they'll talk about Saga on NPR. Saga is like the uh, serial. What serial is to podcast, Saga is to comics, where it's like everybody's like, well, this one's okay to do. And now the revolution has begun, and everyone else is like, oh, come on. Anywho, um, this magazine respects your intelligence. So here's what happened. There was Amazing Adult Fantasy. They just retitled it Amazing Fantasy. And it was like these short five-page stories, right? They were kind of like Twilight Zone shit where it's, uh, oh, my God, it was Earth all along. Oh, my God, we were the aliens and the other people were the peaceful race. Oh, my God, I'm the mummy. Who knew? You know, that kind of stuff, right? And uh, so basically, now, according to what Stan Lee said... You know, he, he liked to make these with twist endings and stuff like that. And uh, what would happen is he would uh, sort of write the stories. Here's the thing. Stan Lee had this thing called the Marvel Method, right? And it was a writer-artist working together thing where what Lee would do is he would basically give the artist a description of the plot and then the uh, the artist would make the entire comic. So it'd be kind of it's kind of like what James Patterson is doing today, I think, where he's like, mm, let's see, Alex, Alex Cross, 
meets up with a uh, shaman in a parking garage and, you know, just, and then someone's like, oh my God, I have to make a whole book out of this. Okay. So anyway, and this is also why I think there's such a battle between, um, at least fan wise, there's always been a battle between Jack Kirby and, and Stan Lee and why people think Stan Lee gets too much credit and Jack Kirby doesn't get enough. I don't know if I agree with that, but whatever. That doesn't matter. Who cares? So anyway, we have Amazing Fantasy. That's a series that's going on. And we get to about number 15, right? And so according to what uh, Stan Lee says, he's like, he wanted to do this Spider-Man story, right? And he had this guy, uh, Steve Ditko, do the cover. But then he didn't like the cover, so he had Jack Kirby basically redo it. So it's kind of like... Uh, You've got the Kirby Lee team on the cover of Amazing Fantasy 15, featuring the f- world's first glimpse of Spider-Man. But then um, what was happening is the edit- editors, where uh, Stan Lee was, was like, mm, we're canceling Amazing Fantasy. And so that was what gave Stan Lee the room to say, all right, well, I got this idea for this Spider-Man. you know." And the editor was like, that is never going to fly. Go fuck yourself. Go fuck yourself. Because it was, you know the early 60s. and uh, But then once they decided they were canceling the series, they were like, all right, you can do your crazy Spider-Man, whatever that is. I doubt that's going to be lucrative. I feel like kind of a dick because when you look at uh, history, it's easy to look at Spider-Man now and be like, why wouldn't you think that would be a huge success? But uh, if you're thinking about it from that perspective, it's like, I don't know. Nobody likes spiders, do they? Um, this guy has a giant spider on his chest. He has webs all over him. No one likes webs. He's a creep. He's a weirdo. He's a teen superhero as opposed to like a sidekick or something like that. All of this is going against the things that we really think are important, right? So anyway, the publisher was like, fine. You know what? This is the last issue of Amazing Fantasy, number 15, so go for it. Do whatever you want. So they sold the, uh, sold the idea they had amazing fantasy and that was the debut of spider-man that's the issue that we're looking at today i just also wanted to go through um real quick i think i had a thing here of like basically how how it sold you know or how it is today it's like one of i think three comics that they're saying that has broke the million dollar mark at auction it's that um, action comics, you know, the first appearance of Superman and then the first appearance of uh, Batman, whatever the hell that's in. So here we go. Let's just go through the issue. So we start off and basically we've got the cover is pretty great. And you know what's weird about Spider-Man, I have to say, is like if you look up the cover for Amazing Fantasy 15, I'll try and include it in the description here so you'll be looking at it with this cast. However... If you look it up, he looks pretty much like Spider-Man today. I think that um, that is a character where the design has stayed so close to the, st- the same, which is indicative of what a great design that is, right? That they're, okay, this came out in uh, August of 1962. So we are now in 2016, do the fucking math, and he looks almost exactly the same. I think the spider on his chest is probably a little less tubby. But uh, overall, it's kind of great. Like, I don't know. It's great to see it be the same. So we start off and we have, uh, you know, oh, Spider-Man's coming. And it's got this 
everyone in the picture, it's a bunch of high school students, and they all look like Archie characters, right? They're all just smiling and squinting. And, you know, they're all dressed like they're 55 and work in an office. The women look like they're about uh, 38. And so they're all just chatting. And this is a great, this is the intro. Say, gang, we need one more guy for the dance. How about Peter Parker over there? Are you kidding? That bookworm wouldn't know a cha-cha from a waltz. Which, uh, yeah, I guess I wouldn't. I don't know that either. I guess I'm a huge nerd. I guess in this time, you were the nerd if you knew didn't know the difference between a cha-cha and a waltz. Um, Peter Parker, he's Midtown High's only professional wallflower, and he's just kind of standing off to the side looking sad. And then his shadow cast on the building is of, you know, a more muscular, taller figure with spider webs coming off him and shit. So we kind of cut to, he's back home with his Aunt May and Uncle Ben. They wake him up, you know, and, oh, here, have this food. And then he's in science class doing really great. Then he very nerdily tries to ask this girl out. Sally, I was wondering if you're busy tonight. And she's like, oh, Peter, for the upteenth time, you're just not my type. And, you know, she goes off with Flash Thompson, uh, Peter Parker's nemesis. And so they take off and you know, a convertible, they just speed off. It doesn't matter if you're a teen in the fifties, it doesn't matter if you're in Riverdale or New York city, you go speeding off in a convertible. (laughs) I got to believe maybe it wasn't the same in the fifties, but like right now I would think a convertible would be one of the worst things to own. If you lived in Manhattan, that you would just be like sitting around exposed all the time to a bus exhaust. So Peter Parker goes to a science exhibit, uh, this great quote, Someday I'll show them, sob, someday they'll be sorry, sorry they laughed at me, which is like a lot darker in the, uh, in the current times. Oh, they'll be sorry that they laughed at me. Uh, then the next page, the next page, we see a spider get irradiated, fall on Peter Parker's hand, and bite him. And then he's like, I don't feel well. He almost gets hit by a car and jumps and hangs onto a wall. This is page three of Amazing Fantasy 15. And this is something that I wanted to bring up as far as the movies go. We're getting like our third relaunch of Spider-Man, right? Getting our third set of movies. And we have seen the origin twice now. Um, And I'm just including the sort of modern ones. There's like a super old movie. There's also, there's a great Japanese uh, Spider-Man movie thing that is awesome. Um, I don't know what the plot is. I don't understand any of the dialogue and it doesn't matter. But here's my point. How many times do we have to tell this origin? And then how long into the movie do I have to wait before he gets spider powers? This is something I complained about, you know, everybody loved Iron Man, it would seem. But I, here's what I didn't like about Iron Man. It takes like 45 minutes for him to be Iron Man. He's like running around. He's a drunk billionaire. He gets captured by terrorists and he's supposed to be building this missile or whatever. And, you know, he's building a mysterious project. What could it be? Well, I don't know. In the preview, I saw him bust through a cave wall in a primitive Iron Man suit. I'm in a movie called Iron Man that flashed across the thing. My ticket says Iron Man. I have a brain. I'm pretty sure I know what's going on. Like, that would have been a great reveal If someone had been like, let's hide the fact that Iron Man is a movie from this guy and he'll just watch it happen and then it'll be great. 
because he'll just be so surprised. He'll be like, oh my God, you made an Iron Man movie. But that's not what happened. Unfortunately, I have awareness of what the world has in store for me. So here's the thing with the Spider-Man movie. I'm going to Spider-Man. We all know what happens with Spider-Man, right? And you have to go through this painful process where you're watching him like, oh my God, I have spider powers. Oh my goodness, what does this mean for the future? I don't really need that. I, I don't. It could be faster. And my evidence that it could be faster is that it happens on page three of the Amazing Spider-Man, or I'm sorry, Amazing Fantasy. He's climbing up a building. He's climbing up your window, snatching your spider webs up. And uh, by page five, he's wrestling a guy, you know, using his spider powers. And, uh, you know, page seven or page six, he's in full costume. He's in Spider-Man costume doing Spider-Man stuff, climbing webs, six pages in. Uh, Which brings us to part two, right? Now, Spider-Man's doing these little shows with his spider powers. He's uh, showing off how good he is. And something that I like, so Spider-Man's poses and stuff are a little awkward in this. But also, early in the comics, something that happened a lot that they lose later and comes back from time to time is that Spider-Man's really creepy. And, you know, he's creepy because he's crawling around like a fucking spider, right? Like, he looks like a creep. And uh, he's in the dark, and he's swinging around, and he shoots. He, It would be really unpleasant to be covered in spider web. Even if I knew that it was not actual spider web. But, you know, I, I don't assume that, like, if I'm a bank robber and I get spider webbed, that I know that this is chemical designed web made by a human man as opposed to, like, some weird secretion from this guy's butt. I don't really know. So page nine, uh, Uncle Ben is dead. Now, we don't actually see Uncle Ben get killed, right? We just, uh, Peter Parker goes home. The cops are like, he got killed, you know? And then he's like, I'm going to go get revenge as Spider-Man. He goes out on the next page, tracks down the criminal to a warehouse, punches him out, and then discovers, oh my God, that's the one I could have stopped. Uh, Here we go. My fault, all my fault. If only I had stopped him when I could have, but I didn't. And now Uncle Ben is dead. And a lean, silent figure slowly fades into the gathering darkness, aware at last that in this world with great power there must also come great responsibility. And so a legend is born, and a new name is added to the roster of those who make the world of fantasy the most exciting realm of all. And that's basically the end of that story. So here's something else that I thought was really great about Spider-Man's origin. I I think Spider-Man's the best superhero, by the way. If that's not evident by what's going on here already. Um, I have an opinion on that, and it's this. Well, here's the thing. Here's what I think makes Spider-Man great and where some superheroes kind of fall down. Um, Let's take, like, Green Lantern, right? What's Green Lantern's origin? Well, he's a test pilot. He discovers an alien that crashed his ship. The alien's dying, and the alien is like, here, take this ring. You seem to be like a good dude, or the ring kind of picks him or whatever. And uh, he's like, all right, now you're space police. The end. And here's what's missing from that. If you look at, like, what's the origin of Spider-Man, right? People will say, oh, high school student Peter Parker was bitten by an irradiated spider and became the amazing Spider-Man. But really, his origin, that's how he got his powers. That's not how he became Spider-Man, right? Because he's got the two-stage origin. He's got, here's how I got my powers. 
And then he's also got, here's why I decided to become a superhero and fight crime. And it's mostly because his Uncle Ben was killed. And he's like, oh, I need to be more responsible Which, admittedly, not the sexiest origin, right? And actually, it, it does continue on like that a little bit. Um, he doesn't actually start super fighting crime right away. He still is kind of like trying to make money and do some other things like that. But what I like about it is it gives not only the powers, but then the reason to use the powers that way. Like, I've always found um, Green Lantern to be weak that way, right? Because it's like, okay, well, he has this power, and then he's just a, all right, I'm a superhero. Or the Fantastic Four movies, uh, well, they're terrible for so many reasons. But one of the reasons they never seem to work is they always just kind of get these weird superpowers and somehow that just coincides with some big disaster type of thing, and then they take care of it with their superpowers, right? They just kind of become superheroes without even really thinking about it. It's not like, oh, okay, well, I guess we could do this or that with these powers. Like, Spider-Man is great because it kind of goes through, okay, I have these powers, but, you know, uh, Amazing Spider-Man number one is basically about, like, hmm, well, we're broke because uh, Uncle Ben is dead. How, how do I make money? Like, I'm a superhero. I have superpowers. This, doesn't, this isn't very lucrative, though. This is really unfortunate. This seems cosmically unfair. Um, and Batman is kind of the same way, right? Batman, his origin is that he saw his parents killed in an alley and swore vengeance. And then his powers, using the term powers to mean abilities... Uh, he, he goes and becomes like the ultimate karate fighter or whatever, you know, learns, uh, karate, kung fu, gym kata, other things, learns to fight with that weird bladed weapon that Worf has on Star Trek The Next Generation, learns it all. He could beat anyone with a folding chair, he could beat him with a regular chair. So Batman is like Spider-Man in that he has that two-stage origin, Right. Superman a little bit, because it's like, okay, he always had the powers, and he had them because he was an alien rocketed to Earth, da-da-da-da. But then supposedly, I guess it's like his hometown values being raised by a farmer who's like, I don't know, don't, uh, don't be a dick, Clark. And he's like, I took those words to heart, especially the dick word. And I'm not a dick, I'm Superman. So that's something I, I like a lot about Amazing Spider-Man. And uh, Amazing Fantasy 15, rather, is that uh, he's got his two-stage origin in there, and I think that makes for a pretty good start. Um, the last thing, there is this little insert in Amazing Fantasy 15 that's the secret of Spider-Man's mask. I used to fucking love this shit. When I was a kid and I was reading comics, we had a Fantastic Four comic that kind of showed the different Fantastic Four members and their powers, you know? Oh, the thing could survive these temperatures. Here's how long he could survive without oxygen. Here's how strong he is. Here's how hot the human torch burns. Here's all the different shapes Mr. Fantastic could be, right? I loved when they put this stuff in the end. And you don't really see this anymore. So it's first it's got the secret of Spider-Man's mask. Perhaps you are one of the many readers who have written us to ask why Spidey's eyes don't show through his mask's eyelids. Well, there really is a reason. The white areas in Spidey's eye cutouts on his mask are really clever plastic lenses of the two-way mirror type. He can see out very clearly, but no one can see in. 
Therefore, he can never be recognized by the color of his eyes. See? Genius. It's not just because they didn't want to fill it in because it looks awesome. These ingenious plastic lenses also protect his eyes from dust, dirt, and the glare of the sun. Well, that's just smart. Now that's using your head, Parker. It's also got a little section about Spidey's costume. Spider-Man's colorful head mask conceals his features and also effectively muffles his voice, making it unrecognizable. So I guess that's a, just a bonus, because it sounds like he's talking through a sock or something like that. Uh, light in weight and skin tight, his costume may be easily worn under his street clothes. So Spider-Man invented Under Armour, is what we learn. Spidey's high sleeves prevent his costume from being noticed if ever his shirt sleeve should become open at the cuffs. God forbid. God forbid that ever happen. Designed like an expansion watch band, Spidey's web shooter is extremely flexible. The pointer swivels around and hooks onto his belt when not in use. So it looks like a little pack of cigarettes, pretty much. So lightweight are his shoes that they can be folded and held snugly in his back pocket. Now, I wish this was real clothing. Not that I want to... Well, I do. I absolutely want to walk around in a Spider-Man costume all day. Um, I'd have to do some more squats because I, I'm not confident in the butt area enough to do that. However, this sounds super comfortable and great. And I wish that someone would actually invent this so that I could walk around in a Spider-Man costume and fulfill not only the dream of being Spider-Man, but the dream of physical comfort that I think we all understand. All right, everybody. That's our first episode, Amazing Fantasy 15. Tune in next time when we're going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man issue one. Uh, it's got two feature-length Spider-Man thrillers, The Chameleon Strikes, and we might just get a guest appearance from a group of fantastic... It's the Fantastic Four. It's What else are you going to say at that point? All right. See you next time, webheads. Ignored. Action is...